Welcome to Cheap Wine and Good Food, the podcast where we try to find good wine under $11 and talk about food and maybe get you to subscribe and subsidize our wine habit. Well, hello, I am Virginia Palencia, and today I'm joined via FaceTime by Deborah Sabat. Say hello, Deborah. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and she's kind of our resident New York expert. We are doing this, like I said, over Skype or FaceTime. And I guess another parameter um, is that for her, it's very difficult to find a good wine under $11. So I think the goal was 12 um, for her today. So anyway, thank you so much for for joining us. And um, hopefully you'll pour up a glass yourself, but not if you're driving. Um, Probably shouldn't. You can pretend. Situation. You can pretend. Actually, let's kind of raise a glass and uh, and cheers. Cheers. Let's do that. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> we, and by did it, I mean we both took another glass and clinked it together to make it sound like we were actually clinking together. Um, yeah. So um, what are we drinking today, Deborah? All right. Today we have um, from... We have their uh, Tempranillo. It's 2016. Um, what else can I tell you about it? I thought it was a pretty good deal. I found it for 11.99. Oh wow! Um, which I think you know, I think in New York, right? Um, That's really good. Um, the rest, of what what would count for $11 elsewhere, I would say is probably 13 here. So I was excited to find this one for just under 12. Um, I recognize the label, but I haven't had this particular variety before. So I'm excited to give it a shot. Awesome. Um, I am drinking Paton Clemente. It is a Tempranillo. It's a Crianza 2015. And I am excited for two reasons. One, it is from the region of La Mancha, which is one of my favorite places in the universe. Where the man is from. Where the man is from. Where the man is from. And also that I found this for five ninety nine. What? Yeah, Trader oh, Joe's, man. I'm telling you. Um, yeah. Um, so before we take a sip, I thought we should talk a little bit about the grape. I feel like Tempranillo is kind of ubiquitous, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. But that just might be my my view of the states. What do you think? I think that more people have tried it than they realize. Yeah. Uh, I think you're like, you know, I, I think that it's not a name that everybody that's as popular as like a Malbec or something, but I think that most people have had one without realizing it. A lot of Riojas are mm-hmm. you know, used at Tempranillo, and a lot of people do know Rioja. I think they just don't know necessarily, you know, the Constitution. Um, but I bet you most people have had it. Well, I think what most people get confused is often the labels that we see here um, will say Rioja, and they think that that's actually the grape, but it's just the region. Exactly. Um, and so Tempranillo is actually Spain's number one grape. It is yeah. the, it's everywhere. Um, it's really dominant, and it's dominant in the region of Rioja. So when people are like, I just love Rioja, I'm like, you love Tempranillo. That's what you're really <laughs> telling me. And I think that that's the one that kind of puts Spain on the map. Um, in terms of popularity 
And uh, it's actually a really old variety. And I didn't know this until um, I was in Spain. And, and actually, I stood in a port that was founded by the Phoenicians. It's Cadiz. It's in the south oh. of Spain. Or yeah. <laughs> if you're an Andalusian, get ready. Cadiz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we would say Cadiz. And um, I think that they said that the wine was introduced by them like 3,000 years ago. So how's that for some perspective? Now, is that bullshit or fact? Wasn't there a show know. that was like truth or bullshit? Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting off topic. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, okay. I so feel like I feel like that could be true. I mean, I'm sure it's not quite the same, but um, people were drinking wine a long time ago. Why not? Yeah, you sure, know. I'll buy it. Yeah, so, and then um, the name Tempranillo comes from Temprano, meaning early. It ripens early. So I think that's my understanding. I'm not fluent in Spanish, not from Spain, so I could be dead wrong. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and give this a, give this a try. So you go first. Yeah, I'm going to let you it. go first. Oh, oh, all right. Okay. All right, I'm inhaling for a moment. <laughs> I wish you could see her. Her nose is in the nose. <laughs> it's, it's right in there. I mean, it's not touching it, but it's damn close. Get in there, Deborah. <laughs> okay. So, right off the bat, I'm tasting dark red fruit. It's very dry, which I like, but it is definitely light in body. Um, it's a little thinner than my preference would be. Yeah. Uh, I would call this a, for sure a light body wine. Um, you can, I don't know if you can see the transparency, probably not. Here, hold um, up it. Oh, oh, now I can. Oh, look at that. See. I uh, see that color. you need to clean your apartment. No. <laughs> oh, that's what the show's about? Yes. Um, <laughs> judgment. Judgment. Wine and judgment. This it's called cheap wine, judgment. free judgment. This is the time for the airing of grievances. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a this is a lighter body than I prefer, but it has a dry finish, which I like. Tempranillos are pretty much um, on the medium, but on the light end of a medium body usually. They're they're kind of up there with um, Garnachas and Sangioveses in that sense. Garnache can be super full though, depending. Depends on I how know, old I, it is. Yeah. I guess I I guess I tend to gravitate more towards a fuller Tempranillo mm -hmm. and. It just so happens that this one is not. Yeah. Um, but this would be a good candidate for chilling because of how light it is. Yeah. Oh, the other thing about Tempranillo is there's, like, different um, categories of it. So because you're drinking, um, like, a Crianza, that's really kind of new and on the lighter. But if you had, like, the Reserva or Grand Reserva, is that what you have? I'm checking out the... It doesn't say. If it says nothing, if it just says Rioja, that is brand spanking new. Yeah. I have a Crianza, which is also, a, it's like one to two years now. But if you do like the um, Reserva or Grand Reserva, now you're going to get the depth that you're looking for. And that's probably the difference you're noticing. That's just yeah, my I hunch. Wanna, yeah. I want a fuller body than this is. But it's not bad. It's very drinkable. So. I, um, I had a version of it. I don't know if it was the same... Um, at Halloween, they kicked out a bottle for Dia de los Muertes, um, and we picked up a bottle, and it was a fun wine to drink in my mind. It was just fun. It wasn't intense, um, certainly was not a heavy body, 
but it was pleasant. It was fruity. You know what I mean? And a little smooth. Well, we always like smooth. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give yeah. my uh, Paton Clemente a try. It's a Crianza. I'm excited. I am too. I am too. Mm. I definitely smell a little bit of fruit. And my, I definitely have a dark red color. I definitely have... Um, that looks like the body I was after. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like that Malbec I had the last time we talked about. That was basically ink. Um, but definitely <laughs> decent for a $5 bottle, I would say. Um, so let me go ahead and give it a taste. Oh, wow. It's really got a long finish, and there's a little bit of spice in here. Okay. So it starts off with, like, some fruit. <laughs> I was about to say juicy, and then I was like, I can't say juicy fruit. Like, that's that's wrong. But you know what no, I'm trying to say. Bad. It's got definitely, like, a bold kind of fruit, but it's definitely got a long finish, and it, and it finishes with almost, I want to say a little cinnamon. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't think Too I would much. spend $25 on this. But I would certainly spend $5 on this. Would you rebuy it? Honestly, I think I would. I think I would. Um, but it would be it would depend on what I was serving. Um, I think this, because of the spice, it's, it's interesting. I think I would really like to serve this with, like, smoked meat. Um, so if I was doing, like, a charcuterie, smoked meat and, and cheese, I think this would not be a bad way to go. But yeah, five ninety nine. It's really price. interesting. Yeah, and I would say like the tannins are medium. It's dry. Uh, probably about medium acid. Yeah, that's good. Um, what do you think for yours for Campo Viejo? You spent eleven ninety nine, right? I did. Um, I'm not sure that I would purchase it again uh, for myself. But it's you know for somebody who's looking for a light body dry red. Uh, I think it would be a really good candidate. You know, I would recommend it for somebody who's looking for a light body. Um, I would drink it again. I'm just not sure I would purchase it again. Yeah, absolutely. I think for this wine, and maybe this is a new dimension we need to add in, because I'm always like, how can we best explain these wines to people since they're not actually drinking them with us? But, <laughs> well, um, those of you, the three three fans that we have, including my mother, um, <laughs> Hi, Tina. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah, I know. It, you you got to have a fan. It's got to be Mama. Um, yeah, you got somewhere, man. I don't think I would give this wine to an amateur. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some people who are just kind of beginning their wine journey, and that actually sounds like yours would be a more appropriate wine. Um, I, would, I think so. I would give this to either somebody who's had a Tempranillo before, or it's, it's just kind of curious about what it has to offer. You know, and definitely for the price point, I don't think you can beat it. It's elegant. Like, the more, of course, oh, the more I drink it, the better it gets. But there's well, a little hey. bit of elegance to it, and I like the complexity. For $5.99, I'm not expecting a lot of complexity. And also, um, off in the corner of the room, my husband, Israel, is drinking it, and he just gave it a thumbs up. Oh, all right. So that's it. Shut the podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> we're done <laughs> it's over it's yeah. over 
That was a fast ride. Yeah. Well, hey, um, apart from taking a spin with some cheap Tempranillos, what's your favorite wine to drink lately? What are you into? Um, you know, I, I usually focused more on Italy and Spain for my reds. Uh, and I've been trying to become a little more knowledgeable lately about Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of a fun area that I'm enjoying exploring because you can obviously get a nice full body with that, but the, the range is so tremendous. Um, but they're so complex and there's so much to know. Mm-hmm. So it definitely can be overwhelming. I'd like to sort of, you know, begin the search sort of gently so I don't feel too overwhelmed. But uh, but I really like what a Bordeaux can offer. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, go to France a little while back and really got into Bordeaux there. Um, I was so impressed by it. I had had it a few times, but I actually think I had a imposter syndrome or inferiority complex about French wine because so often it's like, you know, um, a lot of experts, that's where the heavyweights are. So I was like, why even bother? (laughs) Why even bother? Um, And then the price can be intimidating sometimes because if you're trying to hit under $11 or, you know, $12 in New York City, you're yeah, going to do better time. with um, a more obscure varietal, and you're definitely going to do better with um, something from South America because just price-wise, Europe usually jacks it up. Yeah, yeah, but particularly French ones. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's more easy to find an affordable Italian um, than affordable Bordeaux. Well, sure, and then you can get into Italy because some of the Italy is like Sicilian um, pizza wine, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, completely down for that but but there's a huge difference even in that country between like the sophisticated wine like for the polished person Um, I am definitely an every man kind of person but people can get pretty snotty about it and I always kind of felt intimidated by the French wines and then the irony is it's like if you oh go ahead I was just saying I felt I have felt the same. I think it's fairly common. It's easy to be intimidated by that region because it's so voluminous. You know? Yeah, um, that it's 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 hard to just say, hey, I'm I'm just learning here. Uh, even though honestly, yeah. we're all learning. Everybody has something to learn. You know, nobody has a monopoly on knowledge. Well, a few people do, but. Or they think they do. Or they think they do. But I think, like, I think food and wine is can be so subjective that I think it's kind of um, there, you know? And the irony is, is that as expensive as a French wine is for us, you go to France, it is ridiculously cheap. Yeah. You, <laughs> you're like, yeah, wait good. a minute, a glass of wine is cheaper than a glass of water. This country's got its priorities right yeah, um, yeah. It's like uh, I'll have a instead of a soda. Uh, yeah, I'll do a glass of wine. Yeah, same price, sounds good. I know, and and we're like, this is amazing. They're like, oh, what idiots, you know? But they probably yeah. are like, this is just, I wouldn't feed it to my dog, but. Well, the world looks at that way, at us that way, in in a lot of respects. That's that's just one example. That is true, but by golly, we're earnest. <laughs> Aren't we just? We mean well. <laughs> Most of the time. (laughs) 
um, the other thing was, is um, we had a layover in Nice on the way back from our honeymoon in Italy a year and a half ago or two years ago. And um, we were staying. We got an Airbnb above a wine shop. I know. It was awesome. But the best part was, is after using my like schoolgirl French, I found out that he had that he made his own wine on premises. And he's what? like, if you just bring me a liter water bottle, I'll fill you up for two euros. I'm not kidding. I don't, I can't speak to the rest of the country, but down by the Mediterranean, they're mellow. But really, I mean, really where nice. Was his vineyard? Uh, girl, I don't know. What I know is he had two big metal jugs in the back of his like closet or storage facility. And uh, yeah, for like two, two euros, maybe two and a half, you could fill up a liter water bottle. How was it? I'm pretty sure it was, like, paint thinner at the first sip. Cool, cool. But by the third sip, I'm like, this is the best investment I've ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And then then we took a city bus up to um, above Nice and above Monte Carlo and all of that um, are these little medieval fortresses and mountain towns. And you you don't realize they're there. Um, It's not visible or obvious. But literally 25 minutes, 20 minute ride up a mountain, and suddenly we were in this medieval fortress called Ez, E-Z-E, and it, it was just a labyrinth, and you just kept winding up. But the best part is, is I brought my hooch wine in the liter, um, you know, bottle, and some sandwiches and some like bread and some meat, and we were just you know chilling in medieval covered archways drinking hooch wine, and like people. You do. Yeah, yeah. And people just kept walking by. And I would say a strong two-thirds were jealous. Like, I wish I had thought of that. Because because when you're in a medieval fortress town, there's, like, only one restaurant. And you know they're going to charge you like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got no other choice. Mm. Yeah. They've got you. Yeah, so Bordeaux, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying hard about it. I would like to do that, too. I want to join you in the journey. Let's make it another podcast. Okay. I'm just going to keep committing you. We might have to uh, We might have to adjust the price point a little for that one, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it could be done, though. What an accomplishment if we could. I, I want to stick with my 13 for New York, though. Oh, I think that's fair. Yeah, this I think that's fair. This 11.99 today was, uh, that was a diamond in the rough, although I obviously don't adore it, but still, good deal. Yeah, I think when you when you factor the price in, I think you're like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. it's totally drinkable. Yeah. I'm just now wondering if the Day of the Dead one was a slightly different or if they just put a different label to make it exciting. Probably the label. I wish I knew. That's yeah. a really cool idea. I'm sure we could Google it. Yeah. So was you, it really you... rad? Hmm? Was the label really cool? It was. It was, like, yellow, and it had, like, um, a cool little decoration and, like, a display. Nice. So it was just, it was just, a, it was, like, a whimsy. It was just a whim. It was fun. Um, so you've been doing Bordeaux. I've lately been into Carmenere's or Carmenera, if you're going to do it from the Spanish pronunciation. You um, know what? Cascaval Garden, their happy hour red is Carmenere's. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm I just sure need to come back to New York City. Um, well, let's do. explain on the podcast what Kashkaval Garden is. Maybe that's something to talk about. That's true. Um, it's a fabulous Mediterranean restaurant slash bar in New York City that uh, 
friends of mine own, and uh, it never disappoints. Yeah. They, um, they've got a range of Mediterranean treats, including skewers and tapas and fondue, um, really good salads, cheese boards, meat plates, that sort of thing, flatbreads. It's uh, really delicious. They have a nice wine list usually. It rotates. But for a long time now, their happy hour red has been coming here. They have really good, um, I remember, like olives and spreads. And one, I yeah, think, Labna. Yeah, tapas are like dips. And yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, the, the whole tapas is the way you're going to want to go with that. But my favorite thing to get that always, I think, um, secretly horrifies people is I love the octopus. I know you do. You love it. <laughs> you were, like, the first time you tried it, you were all wide-eyed. I was so happy. Um, you don't get good octopus often uh, in my area at all. It's just not there. It's just not... Well, we we have a dearth of Mediterranean food. We have a little bit of people from the Middle East um, in this area, and they tend to do really good, like, kebabs and rices, you know, like shawarma. Yeah, um, yeah. We actually have very few Italian-Americans in our area. Almost all Italian places are usually run by Greek people. Oh, um, weird. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But but facts. We have a, a strong Greek community. Um so I just kind of miss out on a lot of the things that I would like to eat. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's a trade-off. I live near a beach, so my yeah. seafood is on point. And uh, my stress level is low in the summer. So that's that's really nice. Yeah, it's always give and take, right? Yeah, nothing's perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect place, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're going to pause just for a moment to listen to our sponsors. Thank you so much, and we are back. Deborah, <laughs> one question I always have for you is usually when we talk about wine pairings, um, and if you try to look things up on the internet, what really dominates the wine pairing discussion is always meat. Um, you know, eat this with something spicy or a lamb or poultry. Um, but you're a vegetarian. So I'm very curious. Um, and you've been a vegetarian a very long time, if I'm not mistaken. I have. Yeah. So you, you, you are not mistaken. <laughs> so you're not backing down. You're in it to win it. I mean, you know, I, I think that, uh, People do talk about pairings frequently. I think that you're right that it is often meat, but it's not always meat. I mean, you know, you often hear things about, like, this is good with a pasta or this is good with, you know, I mean, you do hear meat a lot, but uh, I think think the weight is more what they're after. You know, a substantial wine is going to carry more with a heavier meal um, than a light-bodied wine would, obviously. So, um, you know, I think in addition to common pairings of meats, I think cheeses are equally as common, and um, I love a good cheese. I think a nice pairing can be a fun activity and also an opportunity to eat one of my favorite things. Um, So I'm a big fan of the cheese board when you're sampling wines. Um, I think it's nice to sort of reflect back on the flavor against different other flavors, if that makes sense. Oh, no. And sometimes to me, and this, I have no idea if this is the amateur in me, but I use it to kind of cleanse my palate sometimes, depending. And sometimes, um, you know, if I'm tying different wines, 
I can do that. I can pick a cheese for that. Or sometimes I like it when they have the harmony and they're bringing out different flavors. Yes. And yes, enhancing yes. each other. Well, it's just nice to see other things that are capable of coming out of a wine based on what it's paired with. You know, different hints will be more prominent depending on what your uh, what else is going on with your palate at that time. You know. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about cheese. What cheese are you into lately? What do you like to pair? What would you pair with the Campo Viejo Tempranillo? Oh. Craft <laughs> <laughs> American. <laughs> you know the shaker parmesan. Government cheese. What government cheese. <laughs> you know what though? I bet government cheese would be good with the tempranillo. That's what I think. I'm gonna stand I by that. Mean, I think if we're talking about cheese food, that's a different, you know, uh, ball game. Yeah, you're right. But <laughs> I, I'm partial to sharper cheeses. Yeah. Um, I like a really, really sharp cheddar, for example, like, like you know, the kinds where it's almost, there's like the crystals in there. It's just mm-hmm. so sharp. Oh man, that, that's, that's the ultimate really. Um, but recently I purchased a, uh, smoked Gouda, Ooh. which, you know, that's a favorite among a lot of people. I was about to say that Gouda I associate with you. I know you oh, really? adore that one. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something about a smoked Gouda. I'm not a fan of most smoked cheeses, mm-hmm. but that one in particular, it has a certain something, and there's a sharpness to it. The one that I got recently as a treat for myself from the grocery, was it really delivered. Nice. Uh, you know, it's got that rich, the richness, you know, but also that sharp, sharp flavor. Um, I feel like I would want a sharp cheese with a light wine like this. Mm-hmm. Because would be nice yeah is there any cheese that you will not touch yes blues I hate them too I I don't like the smell I think it's it's off-putting for me it's just it's the pungence I just can't do the pungence yeah I agree um and Swiss Swiss is dead to me Swiss is dead to me it's deadly dead to me Oh, 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 Swiss? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like the smell of that either. <laughs> I find that it's just so mild, you know? Like, it would never be my first choice. It's all, it it's all... It doesn't have much flavor. It's all smell. It's a boring flavor. And then kind of um, an ineffective aftertaste. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like a boyfriend at 19. It's just not worth it. like the Melba toast of cheeses yeah yeah do yeah. you know the the name of the toast that northern <laughs> europeans like to eat and i can't think of what it is but Melba toast made me think of it but when we went to iceland we had a breakfast buffet and the majority of people staying at our hotel were clearly people from like you know sweden norway or whatever or maybe okay. business people from iceland and ignoring sausages, they just went crazy for, like, this flatbread kind of toast. So my normal instinct when I travel is whatever people are eating, let me get on that. It's probably going to be good, or there might be a really good reason. It might be a really good breakfast, you know? It was, and forgive me, the one Northern European viewer or listener we might have, it was the worst tasting carbohydrate I have ever put in my mouth. Oh. 
It was as if I had stored soggy cardboard in my garage for a month and Mm. said, maybe I can eat this. Delish. It's so bland. And one of my dear friends is Swedish, and I told Fred about it, and he was just like, that stuff's amazing! I get it at Ikea! And I'm like, oh, man, no. No, buddy. Do you know the name? Just me. Okay. Sorry, everybody. We'll edit it out, but probably not because I'm lazy. I don't know. I definitely have no idea. Okay, so Swiss Uh, cheese, no. Blue cheese, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Off the table. Nothing in the family. Just, yeah, totally off the table. Uh, You know what other cheese I think would go really nicely with this is like a triple cream, like a Pierre Robert or something. Have you ever had one of those? I don't know what that is at all, so tell me. It's a... I, I would describe it as, like, in the family of a brie. Mm. You know, you've got, like, an outer hard rind that is edible. I don't like the rind because I find it pungent. Uh, but the inside is much softer even than brie. It's just, it's it's a triple cream, you can imagine. It's just, like, butter. Uh, uh, it's really fabulous. My Tina is going to go out and buy that immediately because that woman <laughs> never met a brie she didn't like. She's like a little mouse. She I mean, loves it's not them. a brie, but a triple cream. But anything like not. it, that's right. She loves soft cheeses. She truly uh, enjoys them. The one that they have at KG is a Pierre Robert, and it's, uh, it is delicious and very easily spreadable. That's good. Yeah, um, so a cheese that I've been eating lately is, um, it's a cheddar. I've been into British cheddars lately. I love a good cheddar. I'm going to mispronounce it. I always struggle with the names like Worcestershire and Lancashire. and So it's L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R, Leicestershire, would you say? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, if you're talking about the square, it's actually Leicester. Oh, so Leicester. You know, the English language. And I'm supposed to be an expert in it, and you hear how I struggle. That's right. Hey, we're not from Britain. I know, but no. I'm an English professor and an English teacher, and I still struggle. And that's actually always my first thing I tell people is, hey, I don't care what dissertation you write. There's going to be some words that just trip you up. There's a complicated language. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, I'm an, I'm an editor, and there's rules that I even struggle to remember sometimes. So oh, I know. I, I talk about imagine. this at work all the time, like the things that I just can't get straight in my head. Um like what? Well, one of my, um, well, so what I, with what I do for work, we have to use AMA style. Yeah. American medical. And, um, I can never remember the difference between dose and dosage. Like when, <laughs> when the right, oh, okay. uh, when the right one of those is. And also, uh, a certain like do ref numbers go inside or outside of different punctuation marks. That's another one. I have that one memorized because I'm, like, fluent in MLA, APA, and Chicago. And that one is on a lock. But you want to know where I struggle? I, for the life of me, want significant to be spelled G-A-N-T. Gint. Significant. And Uh, it's the dumbest uh, thing, but I still, at 45, will be like, (laughs) C-A. I have to remind myself. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a friend of mine at my work, who's also an editor, she, her her one that she struggles with all the time is affect and effect, and which one goes 
swear. That one I have totally straight. I never forget that one. But, you know, we all have one thing or two or five. I made a really um, handy formula to train my students that with about a 92% accuracy. I mean, I've never mixed that one up, so I don't know. No, um, everybody has a weak point. Some people, it's the there, 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 or the your, your, or the two, 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 or the effect, effect. Uh, Further, farther. Oh, yeah, yep. I got really good at it because I realized that was a... lie down, lay down. Yes, the lie, lay, lay. Lie and lay. That's where I I get a little shaky. But I'm probably going to make a good guess. Yeah, it's really complicated. So the cheese. Yeah. The cheese is good? It's delicious. It's, um, what I really like about it is it's very sharp, and it has a really um, uh, good finish, kind of like this wine, so it's working. <laughs> right on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say aftertaste because that, that's the wrong word, but mm. sometimes when you have a cheddar, it's sharp. And you're like, okay, this is a sharp cheese, but this one, it's just really got a special flavor. I got suckered at a wine um, sampling maybe like a week or two ago, and they did. They had like the little cups, and um, it, I would have never reached for it, and I, I just really enjoyed it. Nice. So it's kind of a new find for me. I wish I had some with you. I apologize. <laughs> hey, man, can't hey. get through the screen yet. But we need to toast a little bit here, so let's make our fake toast sound. Lovely. So let's end uh, completely randomly. I'm in. What is the worst date you have ever had? Oh my god. Um. Okay. All right. And if, um, if you need a minute to really work through your thoughts, I know mine. Uh. Well, actually, I do. It's it's pretty memorably horrible. Um, <laughs> If you don't mind entertaining four people that listen to us. No, not at all. Um, it was uh, an online date, you know, somebody who I'd met online. And, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> on the internet? I mean, who knew? Um, <laughs> and I was new to it at the time, so I wasn't as savvy about how the fact that people don't always use honest photos of themselves. Mm. Um, and so... He had me meet him at this really swanky hotel bar, which uh, I he gave me the wrong address to. Um, <laughs> uh, should I be counting strikes? Strike one. So that was a real good start. It was pouring that night, of course. So I'm wandering around, drenched, trying to find this place. Strike two. It's his fault. <laughs> he tells me that it's in the, the lobby, but the lobby is um, not where you would think. It was like on the 18th floor or some shit like that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so I finally get there, sopping wet, late and annoyed, and I'm looking for this guy, and he's not out front where he says he is. So I call him and say, you know, I'm in the front, I don't see you, and he says, I see you. No. Yeah. yeah. Did you run? No. Um, oh, I, no. I, I was still new to it. I, I, I don't know what happened. I had a break there for a moment where I just... Decided to jump into the spiral. So I'm looking around this restaurant <laughs> for this dude. I'm so jumping to the spiral. Um, <laughs> and it turns out he's about 10 years older and 30 pounds heavier than his photo. Okay. So obviously also off to a great start. And the first thing he tells me is that he stalked me online. Lovely. And that he somehow 
found a video, a family video that Ooh. I was in. Yeah. Um, oh, that's like a boundary to me. No. It was like a holiday video, you know, whatever. Some kind of thing at my grandparents' house or something. But uh, that's that's pretty rough. Anyway, it just sort of got worse and worse from there, particularly when he said that he uh, didn't drink, which explains why he would invite me out to a bar. Um <laughs> So anyway, I tried to nurse drinks and be sort of respectful, uh, but it was really, it was a big fat failure. And then towards the end, he basically went on a rant about how rude it is when people don't say, let's do this again, even if they don't mean it, Um, which I couldn't disagree more with. So that was also fun. Um, And then he hit me up later to see if I wanted to collaborate on a book project. Wow, that is yeah. absolutely terrible. Yeah, there's a lot more details, but I figure it's better to keep it short. Right, right. Um, so did you say, I'll see you later, like with insincerity for him? No, I sure didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see you uh, bending on that. or. or... I'm not going to say it if I don't mean it. I think it's weird that he wants people to say it when they don't mean it. I have a feeling there was so much more to this human than was revealed on that first date. I'm sure. That, that might be the temper Neo talking, though. Yeah, well, I mean, he can carry on. I'm sure he is. Have I ever told you my worst date? I don't know. <laughs> this date is bad only because of embarrassment. You know what I mean? Um, okay. So, and it always stands out to me because it was actually my first official date that I ever went on. Ever? Ever. Oh the yeah. Worst was the worst. Yeah, I wasn't um I wasn't really allowed to date. That wasn't something my parents ever said I could kind of do. Um you know, flash to my dad being younger, a lot of machismo, no. Just that's not even on the table. So okay. So of course I already have to sneak out to make this date happen. So there's that. So I had a uh there was this guy in my high school He was kind of nice. I never really paid attention to him. And I noticed that he was just kind of sitting with me on the bus after a point. And we would just talk. And I didn't find out till later he didn't need to ride the bus. He was just kind of a a good guy. He was just really smooth. He's a sweetie. Oh, he was a really good person. Nothing wrong with him whatsoever. She's like, let's go out on a real date. I was like, okay. And so we go. And he actually had a car, hence the not needing a bus. And um, we were going to go see a movie. And I guess he realized, like, part of the way through, like, oh, hey, do you want to eat something before we go to the movie? Like, he's just being really polite. And, you know, you got to remember, he didn't have a lot of money. So it wasn't like he was going to wine me and dine me. We were 16. Right. So he takes me to a Wendy's drive-thru, because it's right by the movie theater, you know. I don't, yeah. I'm not from a glamorous area. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I get chicken nuggets or something. Um, you know, I try not to make him spend all his money. Um, and then the most unthinkable thing happens to me possibly. Um, I don't know what happened to me or why this occurred, but I suddenly farted. Oh. Uh-huh. I thought you were gonna go a different way. Oh no, oh no. But Deborah, there weren't leather seats. There was no way I could hide what happened. So I just kind of like tragically looked out the window, just wanting to like die and like 
crawl under my super size cup of whatever he had bought me. Oh. And he... <laughs> this is how you know he's a good person. After like an interminable silence, he says, I... Because you know... I appreciate a female who can be herself. <laughs> Which you gotta admit is more class and grace than most 16-year-old guys have. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then we go to see the movie. The movie is probably the worst movie outside of Caligula ever made. What was it? Teen Witch, the one where the girl raps. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay, uh, when you get off of this podcast, and the viewers, <laughs> please do yourselves a favor. You're going to see the worst evidence of rapping ever. Um, I want you to type Teen Witch, top that. Teen Witch, top that. And you're going to see the most outrageous bad rap ever done by white people. Um, it's, you're in for a treat. Wow. We knew the movie was terrible five minutes in, um, but we just right. endured it in agony. And then, it's too late. You're already there. Um, I'm pretty sure he called me, and I'm pretty sure I ditched him because I couldn't overcome my shame. The end. Oh. Yeah. That's so sad. That's how I am. I've spent 20 years just avoiding things, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. That's how you do it. That's what works for me. Just yeah. avoid it. <laughs> well, hey, it obviously worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out real great. <laughs> As I drink into my wine glass on a weeknight. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, hey, um, let's do a toast. Let's do this again sometime. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. I love you. Fake, fake toast. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening and subsidizing our wine. Take care. <laughs>